Want a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you've picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of datitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is. Well, the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends around the country. Prayers and love for those of you with children. Oh my goodness, school is ending here in Louisiana this afternoon. What are you going to do? You know what I'm talking about. This is Datitude, episode number 73, for a Friday, May the 20th, 2022. I'm Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times-Picayune, the advocate at bet.nola.com. Do you feel like I do? I mean, now, a lot of you that listen, I know I have uh, a core of listeners that have children that are grown, and then I have some listeners that don't have any kids yet. Good for you. I mean, I'm sorry, but this is the day that many of us dread. I love my children. I love my children to death. But 10 weeks of no school, the teachers are all jumping up and down, fist pumping in the air. It's time to drink. Yeah, it's time to drink. It's hot. I hate summer. And, like, if you make a list of the things that I hate about summer, the kids not being in school, it's probably, like, number six. I hate summer. I hate summer. I, I've lived in New Orleans my entire life, born and raised here. I had chances to leave, never left. I know people from the north hate winter. That's how I feel about summer. The older I get... The more crotchety I get, the more I just hate the New Orleans tropical heat. And yet, I have a wife and kids who love the beach and love the pool and love summer and love to be around water. So you suck it up, buttercup, and you just go do it. And that's where I'm at. There's no sports. I mean, yeah, sure, we've got the NBA playoffs are on. Don't get me wrong, I love golf. I've talked about it. The PGA Championship's on. We'll have the U.S. Open next uh, next month, Father's Day. But really, what is there to love about summer? I don't get it. I don't, I've never really, I mean, of course. I mean, I'm like everybody else. You go out to the beach, you have a few drinks. When I was younger, it was cool even though I hated summer then too, really, except for the fact that we're out of school. But really, what is there to love about 93 degrees and southern Louisiana humidity? I don't get it. Please someone explain it to me. Ugh. I digress early on this Friday. We're going to have fun today. Uh, bringing in Doug Mouton of WWL-TV, sports director. And Doug and I always have a good time, and uh, that's what Friday's all about, especially, you know, we talk about um, the lack of activity. We go from just craziness around here where all kinds of things going on. I mean, just a few weeks ago, 
I was in Vegas. Um, the Saints were, were drafting. The Pelicans were in the playoffs against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, what else was going on? It seemed like everything was going on at once, and now nothing's going on. So that's, that's the way sports are, right? I mean, and it won't be long before the Saints get into training camp. I mean, I'm looking forward to, you know, I, this, is the, this is the time when sports writers, or at least around here, are able to wind down and we start figuring out who's taking vacation when. We don't want to, even though there's really not a lot going on, we still try to, to uh, schedule our vacation so we don't take off all at the same time. We have a small staff at bet.nola.com. So we're trying to work out when we're taking our vacation. Mine's most likely going to be uh, in, our, in late June slash early July. And I know you'll be sad when Datitude is gone for a couple weeks. You can listen to any of the past episodes on demand. You know that. You can get Datitude wherever you, you get uh, your major podcast. I mean, your major platforms for podcasts. Apple Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Spotify, you know that already. But if you haven't subscribed, please do as I ramble on. But um, Doug and I are going to talk about the Saints. We're going to talk about the Pelicans a little bit, and then we're just going to have fun with it for the last five minutes of our interview and just just chat. Um, but, uh, you know, we do look forward to the Saints. And, I, and I've talked of, about it many times on this show, on our other shows on bet.nola.com. Um, and again, I have to throw this disclaimer out every time I talk about the Saints because people can think I'm a homer if they haven't listened to me before. I have been called Derry Downer by my friend Dave DeCorbier and others throughout much of the past decade or so. I mean, if there's something wrong with this team, I'm going to find it, and I'm probably going to talk about it. But, I mean, really... And I talk about this with Doug in just a moment, but you know why I think the Saints are on the right track? Because all the haters are reaching out to me. All the people that want the Saints to lose, oh, the Saints can be terrible this year. I mean, when they're going to be bad, they don't even say anything. They just laugh. But they're like, they can't wait for the Saints to be bad. They're like praying the Saints are bad. This is the time for the Saints to be bad. They lost Sean Payton. They don't have Drew Brees anymore. And then you got your... Then you even have your some Saints naysayers who are so worried about Jameis Winston. Get over yourselves. Jameis Winston's going to be just fine. This team's going to be good. I mean, I truly believe that. I don't, I don't think I've had this kind of optimism for a Saints team in a while. It's been quite a few years. Um, you know, I have, I'm going to spend most of my summer going through futures for each team. And that's going to be kind of my off-season project, my summer project. And we're going to do short videos on all 32 teams. We're going to talk about their highs, their lows, their, the best of these teams, the worst of these teams. And I'm going to give you a prediction on their over-under win total according to Caesar Sportsbook, which, by the way, is the official odds partner of bet.nola.com. And whether I think they're going to go over or under that total. We did pretty well last year with it in our first year here at bet.nola.com, and we're going to do it again. But this year we're going to do it with a twist. Instead of just having a breakdown by division, we're going to do each team individually. And it's going to be an eight-week thing. We're going to do four teams a week, Monday through Thursday. Um, I believe that's going to start uh, the second week of July. 
It's going to lead up into the regular season. The Saints will be the last team we do. But I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert. I don't know how the Saints aren't. I mean, right now their win total, projected win total at season is going up from 7.5 to 8. And I don't know how they don't have a winning season. I mean, except, unless they have injuries comparable to last year. And even then, I mean, they found a way to win nine games with that team last year. And I know Sean Payton's not here anymore, so obviously that does make a difference. How do you quantify how many wins Sean Payton means? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I think we're going to have to find out. Now, it's my job to try to quantify that. But does Sean Payton mean one win, or does he mean four wins? Because on talent alone, this team is so much better than it was last year, just going into the season. The receiving core goes from one of the worst, if not the worst, to one of the best. Almost overnight. You sign a Jarvis Landry who's going to come in and be your, basically be your third receiver. Now you got Marquez Callaway who arguably was your number one receiver last year, is now number four. You don't have to worry about the whole Taysom Hill debacle. He's going to be a tight end. He's probably going to play some at running back. Adam Troutman is healthy, and he, I think he's going to take huge strides. I know there's a lot, you know, there's as much negative talk while on a smaller scale because he plays tight end. But the haters of Adam Troutman also crack me up. He's going to be a good player. He's going to be a good tight end. We're going to find out this year whether I'm right or wrong. The defense is even better, I think, than it was last year. And that's saying something. They have a chance to be the best defense in the NFC. And, and I'm including the Rams in that, who obviously have a phenomenal defense. I'm including the San Francisco 49ers, who obviously have a great defense. Even the Dallas Cowboys have a really good defense. But I think the Saints could be the best defense in the NFC. I really do. So you put all those things together, and we're going we're gonna, to, again, have a breakdown. But I don't know how they're not. this team isn't better than it was last year. Does it quantify the wins? We'll find out. They have um, the sixth toughest schedule in the NFL, depending on what analytics you use. But by wins... They have the sixth toughest schedule in the NFL. And it's harder on the back end, which means that they really need to be six and two, seven and two or so before they make that trek into the back half of the season. They play most of their home games early in the season. They go through a long stretch at the end, or not in the end, towards the latter stages of the season where they play four out of five weeks on the road. It's gonna be tough. But if you're a good team, you navigate those things. And if there is one advantage to having all those road games in the back end, having the home games early on for Dennis Allen as he gets adjusted to becoming the head coach again is going to help. So we'll see. But these are all things we're going to talk about with Doug Mouton, and uh, I want to get into it. It's not going to be a long show today. Hey, I don't know about you guys, but I know Memorial Day is next weekend, but uh, I haven't been able to have a a nice adult beverage with friends in a while. And that's what we're doing this weekend. So as soon as I'm finished Attitude, my week is over. I haven't had two and a half days off together in a while. What about you guys? 
I know, I know the teachers are just, I have a lot of, in fact, um, one of the, two of the, of the four groups that are going to where I'm going this weekend, just for a little mini weekend away, and I'm not going far, I'm only going like 30 miles, but uh, two of the groups have teachers in them, and they, these people are ecstatic, and I guess they should be, I mean, they're ecstatic, I mean, it's like, I mean, wouldn't you be ecstatic if you had, what, seven, eight weeks off? I don't know what that's like. <sighs> no more digressions. Let's get in our guest and say hello to Doug. Welcoming into the Datitude Podcast on a Friday morning, WWL-TV Sports Director, I sound like Buddy Deliberto, Doug Mouton. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, what's going on, man? Uh, you know, uh, it is a rare, quiet time in the sports world locally for the first time in it feels like a long time. Isn't it nice? Yeah, no, it kind of is. It kind of is. There's there's not a lot. I mean, look, you're, you're sort of on pins and needles with free agency and the Saint, you know, with the Saints delayed that process so long. But April wound up being one of the. I mean, I've done this job for 10 years now, and April wound up being one of the crazy, busiest months we've ever had in the last 10 years between the Final Four and the Pelicans making their run and the Zurich Classic and the NFL Draft. Um, it, it was a lot, and it was incredibly fun for the whole month. But, yeah, when you come out of a month like that, it's nice to have a weekend where, like, I'm going to go water plants in a minute. That's a good when- thing. When, I know when it finally calms down, you 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 say to yourself, "Where did the last six weeks go?" Because yeah, I mean, no, seemed, I know exactly where they went. It seems like I just saw you at the Final Four. That was that was a month that and a half ago. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's crazy. It was like three days ago. Yeah, I agree. Well, it is nice to have a little little mini break. I can I think that's kind of where we are now. The Saints, uh, obviously, the top of most people's minds around here. Uh, they got some off-season workouts uh, coming up over the next few weeks. They got uh, mini camp coming up uh, second week of June. But uh, what do you make of? You know, I want to start out with them, and I always find it interesting. I, I think the Saints are. This is why I think they're on the right path. I have all my non-Saints friends chirping about how bad they're going to be. So if. if <laughs> If they can't like they can't it can't they can't stand the fact that the Saints are like making these free agent signings and it it's eating them up inside. So they feel the need to like come at me from nowhere and tell me how bad the Saints are going to be. So that's why I think the Saints are going to be good. Yeah, I, look, I I love what they did at the end of free agency. It was such a slow run in free agency. And look, here's the thing. Um, for, for the last four years, when we do any kind of our pre-draft shows or training camp shows, I must have said 15 times over and over and over, you know, you need wide receivers to, or whatever you need. It, it seemed like the last few years with Sean Payton, that was not going to be what he went out and got. Right. And this was the one really rare time where we can look back at our shows from the week after the season and they needed – help at wide receiver and they got it. And then they, they lose their left tackle. They lose their safety. Got it. Got it. It's, it's the first time in a long time where what seemed like the obvious needs for me and for a lot of people, not just me, obviously um, it seemed like what the obvious needs are what they went out and took care of. 
And it was, it was really encouraging. Look, that wide receiver room has been terrible. And I like Marquez Callaway as a player, right? But he is not a number one guy. If he's your four, you're in good shape. If he's your one, you're not. If you rank the 32 teams in the NFL, their sets of wide receivers last year, the Saints were 32nd. And it's hard to win when you're given a quarterback no real weapons. They took care of that. They filled the gap for Marcus Williams. They filled the gap. And I think a really interesting way for Toronto Armstead, I, I like everything they've done. I think they've positioned themselves to have a shot to be good. Now, obviously, injuries, whatever. But I think they've put themselves in a position to give themselves a shot. You know, it was completely on Sean Payton-like, like you talk, like you say. It was not only did they go after the two positions they needed, but they actually took the two players that, that was really pegged for them the entire way with Olave and Panning. I don't think you could have scripted it any better. No, and with Matthew and Jarvis Landry. How right. much on Twitter have people been talking about Matthew and Jarvis Landry for the Saints? So the last one will be they'll sign Daryl Williams, and then it will literally exactly. be everything everyone's been asking for. Right. Yes. So if they're not if they're not a good team this year, then I, I guess we all need to hope they don't do what we want because this <laughs> this particular offseason. The Saints did what we want. And look, we can talk about any one of those moves ad nauseum, but I think the Jarvis Landry move, Jarvis Landry is one of my favorite football players that I've covered in 35 years of doing this. I'm talking about just as, now look, he's a terrific to deal with as a person, but I'm talking about as a player. At LSU, before he became the receiver at LSU, he was their best special teams player. He is tough and ferocious in a way that I really think that offense needs a guy to be tough and ferocious. And and I think as a last piece, as a bargain basement price, last piece, like Jarvis Landry is the best last piece there could be. I mean, and you talk about the water receiving core, which – was 32nd last year. I mean, I don't even know that it's debatable that it was 32nd. I mean, they were there with right really bad. I mean, and it, and, and not even, I mean, Marcus Callaway as a, as a first receiver, I mean, he wasn't even there for part of the season. He missed part of the season here and there. Um, then you lose your starting quarterback for half the season. And it's, a, it, it is amazing that team went nine and eight last year. And to me, I don't understand when, from my end, being the sports betting writer and, and going through and, their predicted win total is eight. I think their absolute floor is eight. I don't know how they're not better than they were last year. Yeah, well, I, I guess two things. Well, one, there's still not a great deal of confidence, I don't think, in the rest of the world in Jameis Winston. He's going to have to prove it, and that's okay. I mean, that is, yeah, you have a lot of years as quarterback where you don't win a lot of games. He's going to have to prove it. And then the big thing right. is no Sean Payton. Sean Payton and Dennis Allen, I think, it's it's a prove it thing, and whether or not people want to want to trust that, but but I I agree completely. And their win total, at least on Caesars, went from seven and a half to eight the day after they signed, or the day they did sign Jarvis Landry. So there became a tiny bit more confidence in them when people saw how it all lined up. But but yeah, I I would agree. I would. There's a lot to be optimistic about. There are a lot of questions and a lot of unknowns mostly revolving around Dennis Allen. But, man, I, I love the pieces they put in place. I can't wait to see him play. You talk about, uh, and we never even mentioned Duran Matthew and, and, yeah, how, no. and how much he's going to mean to the secondary. And I think there can be an argument made. Obviously, it's all preseason talk, but that's what we do. We're talking heads. 
Um, but I think there, there can be an argument made that the Saints go into the 2022 season with the best defense in at least the NFC. Yeah, it could be. It could, and, and, you know, there's some factors in there. Um, if Marcus Davenport stays healthy and plays yeah. like he did when he was healthy last year, I definitely think they can be. Um, Matthew gives you a lot more flexibility as opposed to Marcus Williams. Now, I'm not at this point. I think most GMs would rather Marcus Williams if you were talking about just for this year right. as opposed to Matthew. But Matthew gives you some rare flexibility, especially with Marcus May, where either one of them could play up front, either one of them could play back. So you can you can do a lot of thing in disguises that you couldn't do with Marcus Williams, who is really a pure free safety, a really good one. Um, Matthew's a terrific saying, yeah, I mean, Mario Davis, there's no evidence that there's any fall off due to age, although there should be. He seems to be getting faster as he's getting older. Cam Jordan had a terrific year. Um, you have added uh, more depth to the interior of, of the defensive line, which was a weakness last year. But Pete Werner, the way he played last year is a huge um, uh sign that he should get better. I thought he was terrific overall, and he'll be in year two. And the secondary's got a ton of guys who can play. Yeah, they're absolutely, the defense is going to be what carries you right away. And then you've got an offense that suddenly has some weapons. I think all they need now is uh, Buford Jordan. They could be the 1992 Saints, right? <laughs> Buford Jordan, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. From- you know, all kidding aside, though, and, and, and I think about the offense, and, uh, w- you know, we can talk, say whatever we want, we think about Jameis Winston, but the, the, the spot that, that really worries me on this offense is running back. Yeah. And the uncertainty of Alvin Kamara, we don't know if he's going to miss time this year. Um, we don't know how long this trial thing's going to go on. And I've said that even if he doesn't miss time this year, even if – uh, this trial gets delayed and pushed back, and they they adjudicated after the season's over. What worries me is how it's going to linger with him. Is it going to be is going is going to be a problem to where people keep talking about it? It's going to bother him on the field. And to be honest, Alvin Kamara is getting to that point, that age, where a runner like him is. When you get to that certain age, you don't know. It, when the prime is here and then you start going like that. I mean, I, I just don't know where, where we are with him. And the lack of, of help with him, we just don't know where the Saints are going to be at running back. Yeah, I, I still feel like, one, based on the fact that they've done everything else that we thought they needed to do, and the fact that, they, you know, they brought in Sony Michelle for, for a visit, showed that they still don't necessarily feel like the position is taken care of. Right. I still feel like they're going to bring somebody in. There are some guys out there like Darrell Williams, who I brought up, that that could help. But yeah, it's it's obviously it's obviously a concern. Now, I still think Alvin can play at the highest level. Although you're right, that's why running backs are the least highest paid position in the NFL because there's enough data, there's enough metrics to show that the age related decline comes faster for running backs than it does for everybody else. On the whole, that doesn't mean every right. single guy fits that. It's that pattern, but that certainly is the pattern, and that's why. But look, Jim, when the Saints go to a passing situation, you're talking about Mike Thomas and Chris Alave and Jarvis Landry, and I'd expect them to be playing three wide receivers in 95% of snaps, right? And then when you go to a passing situation, that tight end slot likely becomes Taysom Hill. Dennis Allen calling Taysom Hill um, a tight end way back in the owner's meeting explains – 
maybe why they didn't do anything at tight end because he feels like he's got it with Taysom Hill. And then Kamara, assuming he's there. And look, I have a lot of friends of mine tell me, well, when Kamara gets suspended, you sort of said it. It's not a guarantee that he'll be suspended this year. The NFL waits for these cases to be over before they institute that kind of penalty. And for now, it's not over yet. And, And you said it. Uh, who knows? Even lawyers can't tell you when court cases end. There's no, no it keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. It could be, and absolutely could. So there's no guarantee he's going to be suspended at all this season. I think it's extremely likely, likely he'll be suspended at some point. But when that point is, we don't know. Yeah, but you're right. Know. I do. I, I do agree. Look, they got Abram Smith as an undrafted free agent who I love. But man, you can't go into the season counting on an undrafted rookie free agent. That That is for 100% sure. I still feel like that's a position they're going to take care of. Yeah, as we sit here now in, in the third week of May or whatever, where, wherever we are, the Alvin Kamara's trial is scheduled to, to go on August the 1st, but it has been pushed back three times. So we don't know if it's going to be August 1st. And then you're talking about training camp. He's going to have to leave training camp. Is that going to mess with things it's it's really a mess uh it's really a mess but that's you know i'm not going to dwell on on the details and what alvin may or may not have done but it's just it's a mess and he's going to get suspended whether it's this year or whether it's next year and it's probably going to be anywhere from four to eight games who knows but uh the saints will have to deal with that and it's also really possible talking to lawyers because I had to do this story um, that this is going to be settled out of court. And yeah. as long as, as long as they're working on that, both sides don't mind more delays because they're working towards a solution that works for everybody. So yeah, it, if it's going to settle out of court, that could be what stretches it down a lot. Yeah. And you know, maybe if you think about it, part of a settlement could be, Hey, let's announce the settlement in February. Um, I, I'm not kidding. Uh, I mean, if you're going to, oh, settle- no, absolutely. You know, let's let's push this thing back to February and settle it then and go through the season. That very well could be a possibility. So that would be a big help to the Saints. And this is about as thin at running back as they've been maybe since before Sean Payton was here. Yeah, no, it is thin. Um, and, and the last piece on that is that the NFL does not if they settle out of court and there's no criminal charges, that does not affect the NFL. The NFL right. can still institute whatever and penalty will. they want. Yeah, based on an out-of-court settlement. You, you don't have to be found guilty of anything Correct. for the NFL to suspend you. The, NFL, the collective bargaining agreement allows the NFL to hand out suspensions even when there's no uh, court case at all. Yeah, the fact that there's video with this does not help his cause whatsoever. He's got... I'm telling you now, I've said it before, I, I'd be shocked. I mean, literally floored if he doesn't get suspended at least four games. And I think it's yeah, more like And it's six, a casino. Six. This exactly. is in a casino. So there's not just... During video, an NFL-sanctioned event. Yeah, th- and there are probably 14 angles at the casino. Casinos don't just have one camera. Casinos have hundreds of cameras. So this thing is captured from every angle known to man. Yeah, Doug, I thought about going and getting myself in a fight in Vegas during the draft a couple of weeks ago, but I'm like, there's too many cameras running here. I'm just going to save it when I get back to New Orleans. No, I'm not the entire city of Las Vegas is covered by multiple surveillance cameras. <laughs> you think? Uh, yeah. Doug Mouton here on the Datitude podcast on this Friday morning as we, the last day of school. Oh, man, it's really brutal. Anyway, uh, that's another story. No one wants to hear my sob stories. Uh, Jameis Winston. Uh, look, I, I, 
what do you take out of the the six and a half game stint? I mean, I, I I've said for I've said for months now. I, I think you watch the the transgression of Mr. Winston, and I thought he got so much better from game one with the Saints to game seven with the Saints, and I realized that. Okay, things are going to be different. Sean Payton's not here. What is that going to do for his confidence? We don't know. But I just think that that improvement from game one to game seven was, was I don't want to say amazing. It's probably not that good. But there certainly was so many things to be, to like and be excited about if you're a Saints fan. Yeah, the one thing that he did way more than he had ever done before was run. And the reason he ran is because he had a set of receivers who couldn't get open. And I thought he adapted to what was in front of him, which was a quarterback with with, with a lot of choices when he went back there. I thought he adapted really well. Look, game one against Green Bay, he was terrific. He didn't overextend himself, and he ran for first downs multiple times when he had to. And in the last game against Tampa Bay, he did the same thing. Yeah, the, the the long balls he threw in Washington. I mean, there are so many positive signs. And going back to getting the guy they the, the guys we wanted them to get, they got him a legitimate deep target in Chris Olave. His touchdown sure. numbers are ridiculous at Ohio State. So now he's got somebody who he can throw deep to. Um, I think the Saints have played to his strengths, and he got two guys now between Mike Thomas and Jarvis Landry who can work the middle of the field. These are big physical targets that aren't afraid to post up eight yards downfield and make first down catches. Um, I, I thought he, I thought he did about as much as he could with what he had to work with. And look, we did this during the season last year, and I was one of Jameis's biggest believers just because of what he was doing. Um, He's got all the physical tools. And look, I did something at the beginning of last year with Roe Brown that has stuck in my head. And he said his comp for Jameis Winston was Jim Plunkett, a guy. And, and that's what I love about Roe is he's going to go back to, to 1971. Right. A guy who, who had First all the physical the draft. tools. The first pick of the draft with all the physical tools, Plunkett failed at two stops before getting to Oakland and winning two Super Bowls. Some guys, the learning curve is a little longer. Um, I, I am a huge Jameis believer. The biggest reason is because he is, there's nothing, you're not, uh, you're not compensating for anything with Jameis. Jameis can do everything you need a quarterback to do. He's got a gun. He can be very accurate. Um, he, he can move. He's, he's, he's big. Uh, Jameis, Jameis is a prototypical NFL quarterback. He does every throw he can make and make well. And now he's got a set of receivers that give him a chance. He's older than he was in Tampa when he threw all those interceptions. Um, the time is right for him to blossom. He's got everything around him to help him blossom. I think he's going to have a big year, but let's see. It's, it's the single great, well, I guess he and Dennis Allen, the two single great mysteries of the season. But I, I'm a Jameis believer personally from the beginning. He's a quarterback. He can do everything. He's not a guy you're compensating for in any way. Um, and let's see him do it. You, you brought up a name that I, 
I, don't, I can't believe I'm 73 episodes in now. I haven't had Roe Brown on my show. I got to get Roe on. <laughs> yeah, Roe is awesome. Well, I interned he really is. at Channel 6. It was a few years ago. It was 35 years ago. And yeah, Roe and Buddy DiLiberto and Vince Marinello. And yeah, I, you know, you, you still go back to the days when you were young. And I love talking to Roe. And, and that was a I. comp. I love getting unusual comps for guys. It's always, you know, the same thing. And wrote yeah. through out Jim Plunkett. I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, and then you start like doing well, a lot it's of kind of true. I mean, if you think about it, 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 he very well could be like Jim Plunkett. Plunkett won two Super Bowls. I mean, you know, and I remember as a kid, I'm like, because I hated the Raiders growing up. And I'm like, yeah, this guy needs to go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, because he was, he was that good of a quarterback. But, uh, yeah, that's an interesting uh, – Comparison. I definitely think it could be that. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I just think that this. Uh, how much does, does Sean Payton leave? And I mean, you, you talk about the unknown. And again, we won't know this. They start playing, but I mean, how much, how much different is it going to be just to cover this team without? It Sean already Payton? is. Yeah, it, I mean, it already is. It, yeah, it already is. And, and look, I, I, Sean Payton was a great coach for a long time. Um, Sean Payton could be a little challenging to deal with you think? from our end. And, and, and yeah, I mean, look, that's just my job. I, I mean, I don't even, I don't even look at it as a negative. I mean, I'm getting paid to be there. It's fine. Um, Dennis well, you had Catherine Terrell though. He was a little harder on Catherine. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, Dennis Allen is all, look, Dennis Allen is just a nice guy. Dennis Allen is a guy that everybody, everybody in that building just loves the guy. Like they were pulling that building. And I'm talking about, all the non-players that bit, and I, I assume the players love him too. I'm not saying that. Right. But everyone who's not a player in that building thinks the world of him. He is a guy that earned the shot that has everyone's respect as a person and as a coach, and he's getting the shot. So I, yeah, I, I'm look. I love what a nice guy can win. That'd be awesome. So Dennis Allen. Different person than Sean Bader. Sean Bader has been a lot more, what's the word, cordial and nice since right. he retired. Um, and look, that's if that if that was Sean Payton's method, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna say anything bad about that. But Dennis Allen clearly is is just a nice guy who's easy to deal with and is gonna be easy to deal with. And yeah, certainly, if you're not pulling for him, then something's wrong with you. And he's in Mandeville, dude, like you and me. <laughs> well, <laughs> playing in a slightly different financial. Uh, yeah, he doesn't uh, live in the same neighborhood that you and I live in. Oh, uh, but... <laughs> no, he does not. Right. No, I was going to sure. say, come on, tell me the truth. He's really your neighbor, isn't he? You've been high. You've been well, high. He's now. only like six or seven minutes from me, but the, the difference in the neighborhoods from a real estate standpoint is pretty drastic. Yeah, well, he's about 20 minutes from me. I mean, I'm like, you know. Uh, that's a whole another story. Um, yeah, all right. Now let, let's, uh, b- before I want to move on, cause I do want to talk about the Pelicans before I let you leave. Um, because I think, you know, what they've done since we've talked and, and what they've done is, is amazing. But, uh, what, what is your assessment? All right. I, I know you're more of a, of a fantasy sports kind of guy than, than, an, than a better kind of guy. Yeah but, yeah. but, but just looking at the numbers, um, you know, I've been saying for, quite a few weeks now as a betting guy and a fantasy guy. But I, I think, the, I think the saints could be, and I've been called Derry downer for the last decade. So it's not like I'm being a homer. I think the saints could be one of the values of the year 
when it comes to betting. And you look at all their numbers, 50 to one to win the Super Bowl, 20 to one to win the NFC, five to one to win the division. If you play this season uh-huh. over and over again, you know, if you found some kind of way to go into hyperspace and play the same season five times with the same people in the same year, they're going to win it at least once, probably twice. Yeah. And then, you you know, eight wins. I mean, come on. I don't see how this team doesn't have a winning record. Yeah, to me, of all of all the numbers, the eight wins is the is the one to bet on. Now, when it was seven and a half, it was right. even better. But but the eight wins. I mean, look, I, I I predicted the Saints to win more than anybody did last year, and the team that I was betting on was the team that was five and two, not the team right. that lost everyone to right. COVID. So, so and look, that kind of stuff happens. It's football. You're going to get injuries, and sometimes you're going to get a lot of them. And and it is what it is. Um, but yeah, to me, that eight wins is is a sure. I, I sure like that bet. And and you're better at that than me because we were talking about some of the bets you made, like on the on NBA uh, win totals and super smart bets. In retrospect, would seem obvious now. But yeah, to me, it seems obvious at the front that eight wins on the Saints team, especially, look, you look at Carolina and Atlanta, who are at six and five and a half wins on this. I mean, they they could be two of the five worst teams in the NFL in your division, and you've had great success against Tampa the last few. Yeah, look, I love the Saints to beat that. And look, I love the unknown of the season. I love not knowing. So do I. I, Yeah, yeah, I think that makes it so much more fun. Now, obviously, it makes it a little rougher from a betting standpoint. And from a fantasy standpoint, it, it... the, the obviously adding Jarvis does create a question and it does take the value down on everybody else. Um, I don't, I'm not sure yet where the value is at wide receiver because you've got three of them who literally could get, could any of the three could get eight or more touchdowns. It'd be no surprise at all. So you don't quite know how that's going to play out. Um, but look in every way, to me, the single biggest, from a betting standpoint, is that eight wins to jump on. Winning the NFC, it takes so much more, and they could be a really good team, and you could still lose that bet. But the wins, if they're, if they're as good as we think they are, they'll get 10 or 11. They should without a huge, you know, with, without anything huge happening. I put a big chunk of my uh, winnings from last year's Billy Rainey League on the win total already, so... Oh, you already have. Did you get oh, it when yeah. it was seven and, and a half? Seven and a half. Yeah, I. I did. Oh, that's like free money. I mean, I think this it's is free why money. You're the professional at. I just think it's free money. But uh, you know, I will remind people, and I and I continue to remind people that two years ago, when Tom Brady came to the to the Bucks, do you know what the what Tampa Bay's over under win total was in the off season before they started? And I'm I'm talking about after Tom Brady signed, not not yeah, before. No, what was it? Eight and a half. Oh. And they won the Super Bowl. Eight and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, they didn't have – and, you know, granted, that was when they had 16 games. So, you were talking right. about whether they would have a winning season or, or, or an even season, but still. So, that would equate to basically nine now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, you're, you're telling me – I don't know. Sometimes they do get it I wrong. I like the fact that you bet it because you're good at that. And I like the fact that you bet it. That gives me a little more confidence. Let's just you say – lose bets. Ever. Let's just say if the Saints win the Super Bowl, um, I think there's a tremendous amount of value. If the Saints win the division and go on and win the Super Bowl, um, there's going to be a nice little party at the Dairy House, and, and you're going to be in Oh, nice. All right. Oh. I'm in. So, 
We'll, we'll call it a datitude party or whatever you want to call it. There you go. All right, moving on this Friday morning. Um, Pelicans, um, you know, the last time I think you and I talked, they were on their way to get into the play-in game. Um, oh, wow, okay. Uh, it's, been, it's been a couple months, I think, since, since, we've, since we've, at least since we've talked on no, that air, was April. On yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. So um, I think, and, and I've said this, I mean, we're going to talk about the eighth pick of the, the draft, which is the news of the moment. But I just cannot get over the fact of this young coach and what he was able to do coming in here, I think is one of the stories, one of the local stories to me that doesn't get covered enough by us, you, anyone else. I mean, we've talked about it. We talk about it a lot, but I just don't think you can say enough about what Willie Green has injected into this franchise and is complete. You can talk about the players. Yeah, that's great. McCollum, Ingram, wonderful. But what Willie Green has done to this franchise has completely changed the direction of where they're headed. Yeah, I would agree with that. And look, if you go back to the beginning of last year, I mean, (laughs) once we realized Zion wasn't playing, there were people calling for David Griffin's head Mm -hmm. and and a lot of people. um, For sure. Especially after after that horrible start. Um, Willie Green has created uh, a a galvanized locker room like, like few you will see. And it's not phony. Look, on the last day, I went there the day after they lost. It was a Friday. So everybody's literally, they're leaving for all parts of the world right. to, to go home because they lost on a Thursday. And they did their goodbye interviews on a Friday. And you realize it's because all these guys are leaving town. And um, just watching the players with each other on the way out the building. And they're making plans for the offseason, you know, to meet up with each other in different cities and do this and do that. It is it is a united locker room that is young with CJ McCollum was the exact right fit. It was a terrific move because they needed a veteran, a quality, smart veteran presence, and they got it. Um, but w- Willie Green has has brought a, sort of a family uh, feel to that team like I've, I haven't seen in any Pelicans team in 20 years. And, and it's fun. Um, it's a young group, so they're eager and they're, they're uh, excited. Um, I, I love what they put together. Got the eighth pick in the draft. They can add another piece. There's, and we haven't seen this team with Zion yet. This team certainly is poised to make a jump. Look, the last thing David Griffin said, and it's it's one of those like asterisk things I remember is like, you know, just because we have momentum now, this doesn't mean anything right now. I mean, we've got to start over next year. Like you can't you can't automatically assume the momentum's gonna keep going. But man, all things are in place to believe that it will. And I love what they've started. I, I haven't enjoyed a, watching a Pelicans team from knowing them from behind the scenes ever. The Anthony Davis team just didn't feel like New Orleans. No, team. it didn't. Look, this, I've said this probably 50 times. On air, but I'm gonna say it, uh, right. I'm going to say it one more time. This is the first time since New Orleans got basketball back. And I don't know what it was like with the jazz. Cause I was a little kid. Oh, you remember jazz game. No, 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 but I don't know what it was like in the locker room. This is the first time that that, that New Orleans has had a good team where the, it feels like the players want to be here. The questions, and I don't know about Zion, right? We, he's the wild card, although he says all the right things, says he wants to be here. But all those other guys, 
I am pretty sure they're not lying. They like being here and they want to be here. And New Orleans has never had that. Chris Paul was always, is he going to go in that first contest? You knew he, he was leaving. But, knew no, you knew he was leaving, right. Yeah, I, I yeah, agree and with Anthony you. Davis, you definitely knew he was leaving. This is the first time it feels like New Orleans' team, and I love that. It feels like our team right now, and they're going in the right direction. To me, that all has to do with Willie Green, though. I mean, you, you, Willie Green's a lot of that. The difference between a year makes where Zion – you could almost count the minutes until he was going to leave mm-hmm. and predict what was right. going to happen. And to now, like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. This team is going to be pretty good. Uh, got a young coach I really like. Everybody likes him. Uh, uh, let's see. Maybe this team can win. I think I might stay. I mean, I, I look, think. They can... Go ahead. Uh, look, if Zion did decide he wants to go, and again, there's no indication of that right now. But I'm also sure this team can be a good team without him. They yeah. were a good team by the end of the year with no Zion. If you had to trade Zion and get pieces, I think they could be a really good team with or without Zion. And that was not true in the Chris Paul era. It was not true in the Anthony Davis era. Those guys were the, the linchpin of everything. Zion is not. Zion's a piece in this team. Yeah, with both of those guys, you knew as soon as they were gone, you had to completely rebuild and, and start all over again. Right. It, it's really strange to, to think that it doesn't – I mean, of course you want Zion to stay. Of course. Uh, of course it, he makes that big of a difference, I think. Um, of course. But, but whether he stays or not, this team is going to be a contender, I think, in the near future. So it, it, is, it is completely different than anything we've seen, in, I think, ever in pro, in pro basketball here in New Orleans. Yeah, I, yeah, like I said, I I can't speak to the '70s, although the Jazz well, they weren't very good. Very good, yeah, they weren't. Yeah, they very weren't good. very good. I, yeah, I, Pistol Pete, nothing else. Exciting out. time. I think this is the most exciting time since we got basketball back twenty whatever years ago. I agree, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. All right, the eighth pick of the draft. Uh, one thing I, I find interesting: Christian Clark was writing about how you know it kind of relates to what we're talking about. They don't need this eighth pick, but it's like Lanyap. It's great they got it. They they don't need Zion Williamson, but it sure is going to be great to have him and see what happens. Uh, so now you're talking about Zion. Now you're talking about the eighth pick. And they have two more picks later on in the second round. We've seen second rounders in this team. We're got to be pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, although you have so many rotational pieces now, you don't need a lot. But, look, I, I go back to my favorite Saints draft pick when you look back at it over the last seven or eight years is Ryan Ramchek. And yeah. if you remember that draft, it's at the end of the first round. The Saints had Teron Armstead, who, who is an elite left tackle. They had Zach Streif coming off his best year. He had played incredibly well the year before. And Ryan Ramchek was just the best guy out there. At that point, the Saints had gotten Lattimore, the cornerback they needed. They had their eye on Kamara down the line. They had their eye on Mike Thomas. But they weren't going to reach for those guys. And they took the best guy on the board. Now, as it turns out, Streif got hurt early in the year. And you needed Ramchek right off the bat. Yeah. Ramchek is a superstar as a right tackle and he was the guy you didn't need he was the guy that was the extra pick that he'll play whenever and he's the superstar and the the pelicans do have that ability they don't have to reach for a point guard last year they needed a shooter that they went and got trey murphy um they they certainly you can always use shooters especially on a team like this that has brandon ingram and zion you've got enough offensive creators 
And C.J. McCollum, you, you can always use a guy who can hit a three-point shot when those guys occupy defense. You can always use another defender, but, but they don't need anything. And that's I love that position in the draft. Let's see who this best. If, if you don't mind, the one guy that I love in that range, if you look at mock drafts, is Ochai Baji of Kansas, who ruled the Superdome uh, in the Final Four, who's a guy who's already a, a full-grown man. He's 6'5", 215, um, terrific defender, and he had 40% of his threes. Um, he's a guy I love, and he, he played to his senior year, so he's like the same age already as half your team. Um, I love him as a guy who, who can who can help immediately as a, a guy who can hit threes and play D. And but but again, they have a million choices. And if that player never cracks a rotation, that's fine. They've got they've got enough rotational guys now, but they don't need anything. My boss and friend Zach Ewing would probably not be real happy. He's a Missouri grad. He when you ever you could just say rock chalk and he. He just kind of like looks like he gets the dinosaur arms, you know, yeah. it, it, yeah. it makes the squeal. Yeah, it's it's rough on him, but I would laugh. I think it, I think that would be a great pick for the for the Pels, uh, who are definitely going on the rise. All right, um, uh, before I let you go, PGA Championship on CBS this weekend. I'm uh, I, I think uh, this is the most ex- excited I've been about golf maybe ever. I mean, I've always been a golf fan, but man, I just. I, I think this year is so much. There are so many good golfers out there. Have you paid attention to it at all? I know I didn't prep. I you actually on. watched about two hours of it yesterday at okay. work. Um, we I, talked I, about didn't, I didn't prep you on this and tell you we were going to talk about this, by the way. But I, I, I think it's being on CBS and on WWL. This yeah, weekend. yeah. It's and look, it's sort of the the, the mercifully quiet weekend and. At, in a few minutes when we're done with this, I'm yeah, going to turn it on the TV so and go about my day and have it on. Yeah, look, the Zurich Classic always gets me in a golf mood. Honestly, I don't think about golf before we get to that because there's always so much with the Saints and Pelicans. But by the time we get to the Zurich, um, yeah, look, I, I, golf is fun right now. And the, the Zurich Classic, if you're uh, – I it just want to say, tell us to friends of mine, if you're – if you're any kind of a sports fan, even if you're not a golf person, look, I grew up in New Orleans East, and I didn't know anybody who played golf when we were kids. I didn't grow up in a golf culture. I mean, where I grew up was a, was much more blue-collar than that, right. so I get it. But if you're just a sports fan, period, you need to go spend a day at the Zurich. You need to go spend you know, five or six hours walking the course, getting food, following some golfers, and and – you will change because it's so much fun and so enjoyable. And, and I go every year on Thursday, just from a workflow standpoint, it's the day that works for me. And we followed the two big groups for several holes on Thursday. And it's so much fun. So now there's, there's so many guys that, that I sort of pull for Scotty Scheffler. I just love watching him. Yeah, play. How can um, you not? How can you not? Right. Literally. How can you not? But, but that's, that's like one thing. If you're not a golf person and you've never been to the Zurich, you need to just suspend your disbelief and go out there for a day. And I guarantee you, you're going to have a blast. It's going to be a fun one this weekend. Uh, as we speak, it's early on Monday, uh, early on Friday. Uh, Justin Thomas, the last I saw, had had tied Rory McIlroy. But we'll, we'll see. Both of those guys are are on the list that we had at bed.nola.com. I'm not patting myself on the back. But I will say this, since I've patted myself on the back and I've said this before, I've got to throw this out there before I let you go. I've given you grief with, with fantasy baseball this year. Right now it is May the 20th, but you're, you're kicking some dairy bombs tail right now. I, I, I gotta, uh, 
you know, I can't just say how great I am when when it, when it's good. I gotta say when right. it's bad. I mean, I think I'm in no, seventh or eighth place yeah. right now, and uh, I know. liked my draft. I, I was happy. Just beat the, Prange, okay. With the time, yeah, Prange is good. I yeah. was. I was happy with my draft. I feel like I'm going to be near the money all year. And that's, I mean, that's all I care. It makes it fun. Yeah, me too. I mean, I want the, I want the oysters and I don't want to pay for the oysters and the bang, bang shrimp and dragos next year. No. And look, for people who don't know, it's, it's one of the, and this is like a suggestion of anybody's in a fantasy league. Jim has the league set up where there's 10 teams and four teams collect money, right? So four teams right. win money. Obviously, fourth doesn't win a lot. Third doesn't win a lot. And then the other six don't win money. But then we do the draft as part of a dinner at Drago's. And the six that don't finish in the money also pick up the tab. So the four it's that awesome. win money also don't pay for dinner. It's, it's a freaking awesome benefit because finishing fourth, is a huge win. It is a big you deal. Eat and drink all you can stand and not pay. And that is like a that's like a fantasy recommendation. Like look, your teams are pretty good, whatever. What Jim Derry does best in fantasy sports is the setup because that is a brilliant setup. Well, you you're the one that helps set it up, but I will say this. When you don't have to pay, I mean, I think I've only had to pay once, like the last seven years. So that yeah, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm in yeah. big danger. I'm in big danger this year of having to pay. So I'm fighting. That's one thing we love. We, I am fighting and clawing. That it's sad to say this, but to I'm fighting and clawing to get the fourth. That's my goal right now. Get the fourth. The Flint Tropics. Fourth and just place. get the fourth. <laughs> exactly. Fourth place. Yeah. Oh, right. oh my God. Well, you know what? I'm gonna fight to get in the fourth place this weekend because I'm gonna disappear. I don't. So you enjoy uh, your weekend, Doug Mouton. Again, quiet time um, in the sports world. It's gonna be like that. We hope for like the next six weeks or so, and then it all yeah. starts all over again, and we won't see our wife and kids for for six months. Yeah. I mean, look, you said it. The Saints do have OTAs and they do have mini camp, but but the the level of how do I say it? the level of anxiety or stress right. is at a super low ebb at those at those events, especially with Dennis Allen. It'll be even it'll be even calmer and easier. Um, but yeah, uh, un, until the end of July, this is the time. I mean, look in sports departments across New Orleans. Yeah. Yesterday, I worked solo because Brooke is off. Ricardo and Adam are on vacation. Then right. next week, one person will be working while two others will be on vacation. This is the time for all of us to sort of recharge, rewire, take some vacation time, and then get ready for the explosion that begins at the end of July. Well, have yourself an adult beverage, and if you don't, I'll have one for you. Oh, jeez. You mean at 946 in the morning? Oh, no, not that early. I still got to finish that attitude. <laughs> But, but whenever coffee first. I, all right. Well, I'll well, well, pour something in your coffee. I was drinking mine until I, I saw this little bug floating in there. So I guess I'm going to, I guess it's done now. But anyway, speaking of done, we're done. Thank you, Doug. We will talk to you soon. Always a pleasure. Oh, yeah. oh no, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Always fun with Mr. Mouton. Brother Moo. We've known each other for quite a while now. We, uh, as we said, in the same fantasy baseball league together, see each other. You know, I joked about the teachers earlier, and the teachers with their, for lack of a better word, I guess, fraternity. I know it's men and women. He's still a fraternity. I don't know. But that's kind of what being in the sports media world, uh, obviously on a much smaller scale.
I mean, we spend a lot of our times, a lot of our time together, and have across the years. So we we all get to know each other here and there. And um, Doug, I know I probably know better than than most outside of my own company. Um, and always fun to be around and helpful. And um, I enjoy having him on the show here. And he's been a big help to us at Datitude. And I don't know. Can I still call it an infancy? I mean, we're seventy three episodes in, and we'll. We're coming up on a year of this podcast, which is hard to believe. But I guess, yeah, we're still in the infancy in the grand scheme of things. I know there are other podcasts that have done over a thousand episodes and, and stuff like that. Our friends over at Channel 8, I think they're like 300 episodes into theirs, um, which is a good podcast, by the way. Check it out. But uh, always fun with Brother Moo and uh, just a fun Friday overall. What are you guys going to do this weekend? Are you starting Memorial Day a week early? If you are, good for you. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, but it is summertime here. And if there is one positive to the early part of summer in New Orleans, is there is kind of a summer breeze going on out there, right? It's not super duper. It's not like August hot yet. I mean, now the heat, the temperature, the thermometer might say that it is. And we're going to see 92, 93, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel quite what it's going to feel like in about a month and a half. When you get to July 4th and then on into August, there is definitely a different feel. You still get the little nice feel at night. It's, still nice. it's not like a sauna when you go out at night. There is a summer breeze out there. So enjoy yourselves. Be responsible. So you can come back and enjoy Datitude next Friday because that's when we'll be on next. I have no idea who our guest is going to be. I have no idea what our topic is going to be. But by God, we're going to make it a fun Memorial Day weekend Friday next week. Come back and see us. Remember to hug the ones you love and the ones you don't. You know what? Hug them anyway. They need a hug too. Even if you don't love them, give them a hug. Peace and love, my friends. We'll see you next Friday. Summer breeze makes me feel fine. Blowing the breeze, jazz on in my mind. See the paper laying on the sidewalk. A little music from the house next door.